Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Good evening and welcome. Welcome on back Saturday night, 5.05. And uh, boy, it looks like it could rain here in Aurora. And I, for one, would be glad because my motorcycle is filthy. Now, if you have a big bike like I do and you clean it, uh, it's a very time-consuming thing. So many nuances and little crevices and little pieces and you know you once you get everything off and then you find another spot and it just drives you crazy and then i hate the rain because it just makes the bike dirty all over again but man when it's this hot 87 degrees right now in aurora little rain while you're riding feels good so i don't care i don't care what it's doing when i get out of here I will just be ready to hit the road. It's good to have you here. I'm Randy Corcoran, and a big thank you to everybody last week because that was a different kind of show, different than any show that I've ever done before. And if you're a new listener, I had just lost my wife in June, so uh, and this was, it was my first time back on the air. But it just turned into, I thought, a wonderful conversation about love and faith and loss and grieving and and. You know, so many people have horrible stories, and we all learn to live with them. And uh, so it was very, I don't know, not, um, well, it was enlightening for sure. I can't say I felt good, but I felt supported. I felt, uh, it just felt right for the first show back. And uh, I don't think we talked, well, we had a little bit of politics, a couple of callers sneaked in, but um, I'm just feeling like I'm ready to go. There's so much happening, and I can't think of any way to try and move life forward than to just jump back in, both feet, fire a blazing, and see what happens, because <laughs> i got nothing to lose now, you know? That's really how I feel. But i got kids and grandkids and friends and family and and a country that I deeply love, and that is still motivating even when you're operating with a broken heart. Alexa, as usual, the first texter to the show tonight. Sounds like it was a good time last Saturday night at Jimmy's gig. Did Stefan have his shirt on? I'm sure that she's referring to that obscenity that was texted to me. Alexa, shame on you last week when I, and it's still up here on the bill on the, um, the billboard on the bulletin board. The uh, dry board, whatever you want to call it up there here in the studio, no more topless pictures. And when I saw that for the first time, it was explained to me that uh, Stefan and Leroy, producer Leroy Deffenbaugh, um, got half naked and took pictures. And it was bad. But no, no. Stefan looked. He was there. He was at Jimmy's gig. As were a number of 710 listeners. In fact, when I rode into the parking lot. There were actually people outside waiting to say hello and share their condolences, and it was it was just very sweet. And I got sidetracked because I needed gas, and I had to go home and medicate a pet. And so I didn't get there as quickly as I had expected, but people waited around. And then there were people inside from 710 KNUS, and uh, it just 
felt so good to have people come over and say, hey, we're with you and glad to hear you back. And, uh, and man, Jimmy's band rocks. And the folks at Togota Tavern were just wonderful. I sat at the bar um, after making the rounds a little bit with some of the familiar faces that I saw there. And uh, service was fantastic. The drinks were cold. And, and so it was, uh, I guess it made an impression on me because it was my really sort of my first night out. You know, usually I just go home now. And uh, and it, it felt good to get out and do something different. So thanks to everybody. And, and Jimmy, that was just awesome. And uh, I think Jimmy has a birthday coming up this week. My good buddy Steve Dace from Blaze TV, former nationally syndicated talk show uh, radio host, uh, let me actually take the reins of his nationally syndicated show one time. I broadcast it here from Denver. It was a lot of fun. Author, made the movie Nefarious. His birthday was yesterday. So I called him up, and, uh, man, he's just getting pounded ever since this movie came out with health issues. And uh, But he sounded good. He sounded strong. He is 100% in the tank, and I don't say that with a negative connotation. Um, he is a DeSantis supporter. So we may get him on next week and uh, talk a little bit about what's going on in the race and uh, and see what's going on. He and his wife made him swear that he would do nothing after he got off the air, um, after he got off the air yesterday from doing his Blaze TV show. And actually, I shouldn't have said I called him because I texted him and wished him a happy birthday. And then he called me. Uh, he's been checking in on me since the loss of Tana. And uh, every time we've had him on, I've had him on here when I've been doing morning drive uh, filling in or doing afternoon drive filling in, certainly on all the different time slots I've been plugged into. And Steve Dace is always a massive hit. So we'll see about putting him on next week. That should be um, very, very interesting because... You know, anytime somebody comes on in support of a candidate, since as Republican National Committee man, I need to stay neutral in primaries, still think I get to share with you what I think about what people are doing and what's happening. But it's an awful lot of fun to just take the opposite point of view and, uh, you know, advance further the conversation that way. And we're going to do that perhaps a little bit tonight when we are joined by Colorado State GOP Chairman Dave Williams in the 7 o'clock hour. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But right now, Donald Trump is on stage. His rally has been going on for, uh, gosh, I'll bet, I think he's been up there for at least an hour and five, hour and ten. And he's still going strong, so let's just dip in for a moment on the Trump rally out of Pennsylvania. That was ever going to happen. Who thought that was going to happen? You're a great student if you deserve to get in there on merit. It's called the merit system. We're back to a merit system because of me and because of the justices. And last year, those justices ruled to end Roe v. Wade. And now... Very tricky politically. You have to speak about it properly. Very tricky politically. And now pro-lifers have a tremendous power to negotiate, which they didn't have before the termination. This moves. All right, the let's issue. pull on out of there. About this issue quickly because this moves. Does that sound like a guy who's been indicted this week for the third time? I mean, energy galore. 
It's just unbelievable. And I will admit, happy to talk with you about it tonight. Phone number 303-696-1971. I have not read the indictment. I usually like to uh, read through the, um, you know, scan it, like lawyer scan it. I don't need to go into court to defend it, so I don't need every detail. But I can get through it pretty fast. And I just haven't been doing that kind of stuff over the last few weeks. But I'm working my way back into that normal routine, and I'll certainly have it consumed by next week so we can talk a little bit about that as well. I think uh, what I've heard about it is that Trump is now accused of giving someone instructions to delete video footage after that video footage was was um, had been subpoenaed. Or at the very least, a letter to preserve evidence had gone out. I think there was an actual subpoena. So, you know, that would not be a good thing, if true. But my God, how how many times are we going to hear accusations against Trump, you know, going all the way back to Russia, 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 and then when push comes to shove, there's a nuance, there's a detail, or it didn't even happen, or actually Hillary bought and paid for the Steele dossier. And the deep state worked together to bring all this up and get it out into the media. Uh, So I I certainly want to read it and see what kind of concerns it raises. But national polling, I heard a a program earlier today on Newsmax, but they were bringing up, they had pollsters on, John McLaughlin and others, I forget the names. But um, nationwide now, people are seeing this as a two-tier justice system. They're seeing this as an effort to take Trump out of the presidential race. So the likelihood of it having an impact on his status, his standing as the the putative, the seemingly at this point almost certain Republican nominee, seems negligible. So the question is, will they be able to use the legal system, bring him to court soon enough, maybe try and get a conviction that that keeps him out of the presidency? Will they charge him with something that would prevent him from running for the presidency? You know, some kind of treasonous conduct. Or something like that. Those are questions that um, are yet to be determined. But I got to tell you, you look at Trump and look at the track record, and there doesn't seem to be anything that slows down the momentum of this thing so far. And uh, Ron DeSantis doesn't seem to even be doesn't seem to be getting even close. Uh, we're going to get to the phones here in a minute, but. Um, uh, Alexa sent in another text. Jimmy's birthday is August the 2nd, same as Mark Baisley and Dennis Prager. Well, that is pretty darn good company for Jimmy. I actually got a call from Mark Baisley today. This was interesting because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of friends, a lot of political folks, folks here from 710 uh, came to Tana's funeral, which was June 27th. And all of a sudden, just today on this particular Saturday, I I got contacted by a bunch of people. And of course, uh, just it's just so wonderful to know that people are thinking about you and they're they're hurting for you and they want to make sure that you're, you know, plugging along and and, uh, keeping marching forward as we're all required to do, even in very tough times. And so I'm just thankful if you're one of those folks know that I appreciate it very much. Um, conversations with Mark are always just the best. And when I was doing a morning show, a daily morning show on another station, uh, I actually sucked Mark Baisley into getting 
coming in every week. He'd have to bring donut or sorry, carrot uh, carrots. That's what we always told his wife um, for more in to come in, and we'd do an hour in studio and. I literally got him to start filling in on the radio. I think first time he'd ever done that. One time it was an emergency. He was there. I was there. I had a court thing come up. Uh, Something came in on my phone. I said, dude, I got to go. Can you do the last 20 minutes of the show? And, uh, of course, he did great and became a fill-in host after that. So Mark Baisley, uh, serving in the state legislature now, uh, former NASA scientist or engineer. I mean, he's just... He's uh, he's a computer genius. He's just wonderful and a dear friend. So happy birthday, Jimmy, Dennis, Mark Baisley. And Alexa says Jimmy is on vacation next week. Uh, more text messages. What do you think about, oh, the Bonniewell Amendment? Well, that's what I was saying a moment ago before we tapped into the Trump, uh, the Trump rally was that when someone's on one side of an issue or if Steve Dace comes on next week pulling for Ron DeSantis, the the fun part as a lawyer, as a radio host, is to take an opposite view or at least um, ask questions that somebody from the other side would like to hear. And Dave Williams from the Colorado State GOP will join us at 7 o'clock to uh, certainly talk about this so-called Bonniewell Amendment, which is Amendment 7. And... Once again, I have to say I haven't read it, but I will before seven o'clock. And uh, but I've had a lot of people talking to me about it. And so I know what it is. And it's this idea that when we gather a week from today for our central committee meeting, um, we'll be voting on bylaws and a proposed change to the bylaws. If you're a regular listener, if you're a Republican activist, you know when I use these terms what I'm talking about, the opt-out vote uh, that has to be taken uh, at least once a year, and um, to opt out of Colorado's unconstitutional and very damaging to Republicans in spite of what the establishment hackaroos will tell you, um, We have an opportunity as the Republican Party to opt out of that if 75% of the entire membership votes for us to do so. Well, of course, that's an impossible threshold to make. There are most meetings that, and historically, when we filed our lawsuit last year, um, we went through, we went back multiple Republican state central committee elections, and and many of them, 75% of the membership isn't even present. So it was it was an impossibly made burden by the Democrats and some Republicans who supported this idea that said 75 percent of the entire membership has to opt out. And then that is whether you've got 75 percent of the people present and ready to vote or not. So virtually impossible. So the Bonniewell Amendment and we'll get more clarity from this on this from Dave Williams when he joins us at seven o'clock. But my understanding of the Bonniewell Amendment, I haven't talked to Chuck about it yet either, but um, the proposal is that for purposes of this one vote anyway, this one vote on whether the Republican Party should opt out of the open primary, if you aren't present for this one vote only, that will be treated as a yes vote to opt out of the open primary. 
And so I believe the justification, usually if you're not there and you don't send in a proxy, if you send in a proxy, that person votes. So you're voting. It's like you're there yourself. But if you don't, then you're just not counted. And that, um, in effect, means you're voting no by not showing up because you're still counted for purposes of this one vote only as a member who did not vote yes. In other normal, in you know, normal party business, if you're not there, your vote doesn't count, and we do a majority of the members that are present, not the num- a majority of the entire body of the Colorado Republican Party. So anyway, it's a very novel idea. Would expect nothing less, less from... Um, from my good friend Chuck Bodywell, and uh, uh, we'll see what Dave Williams has to say about that at 7 o'clock. I haven't come down on either side of it yet because I want to just read the darn thing, but I imagine I'll do that before the end of the show. And uh, there's only a week until the meeting, so a lot of information to get out there. So that's a response to that texter. I think before we go to the phones, we should probably take our first break so we don't have to cut anybody short. So why don't we do that right now, Blake? Take our first pause of the evening. It's Wake Up with Randy Corcoran, 710 KNUS. We're back. Saturday night, 527. Randy Corcoran with you, 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. Everybody's being patient on the phones. Um, real quick, let's just dip back into the Trump rally, see if he's saying anything of particular note. Fund our police, and then they want to take your guns away so you can't protect yourself. I will fully secure our elections, very importantly, and our goal will be one day oh, voting no. with only paper ballots. Oh, no. You can pot, you can tap, pot that down. He went there. He talked about the elections. You can't do that in America anymore. You just can't do it. They better indict him again. Same day voting, paper ballots. That's awesome. Uh, yesterday, or yesterday, last week, I had hoped to talk to you a bit about what went on with the uh, uh, at the Turning Point Action event that I went to in uh, in Florida a week uh, two weeks ago now, and also wanted to update you what the RNC is doing about ballot harvesting where it's legal and making sure that we get the ballots out. So we will do that this show since last show turned into kind of a love fest and um, also want to tell you about the rnc event that would actually occurred right here in denver this week Uh, two and a half days it was actually a very productive thing i got to spend a good amount of time there uh, really trying to get back into the groove with my role as committee man and a political activist as we head into some important off-year elections here in Colorado and, of course, the big presidential coming up next year. But before we talk about any of those things, let's get to our first caller of the day. Ron in Conifer has been waiting. Ron, welcome to the show. Well, I'm calling. You mentioned Dace. And uh, apparently he has totally turned on Trump and claims that, that Trump and his cohorts were... Uh, lying all the time about the election. I don't know how Dace could possibly have conducted his own private investigation or know that, but and also uh, claims that Giuliani had testified apparently before a grand jury that he had lied apparently in regard to his claims about uh, 
couple of uh, instances of vote fraud in Georgia. I just wondered if you had any knowledge about any of that stuff. Uh, uh, you know, days turning on Trump, like I said, and also the allegation that Giuliani stated to a grand jury that he had lied about vote fraud. I do not. Um, and Steve and I did not talk about that yesterday, but that sounds like a worthy... I think I'll make sure to get him invited in next week. So, um, I mean, let me let me just you, Giuliani lying about election stuff. It, supposedly Giuliani. I mean, he claims, and and this was on a Boyles was substituting for uh, Rockler. I think it was. I just happened to hear it. And um, anyway, <laughs> it just seems to me it's hard to believe because if if if, if Giuliani had said before a grand jury and this was leaked out that he had lied about voter fraud but god the regular media would be proclaiming this to the skies well i'll do a i'll do a quick google search during the break and see what i can pull up see what uh what steve or or peter might have been talking about yesterday but uh, yesterday was a birthday call and uh uh, yeah. And Steve has been pulling for DeSantis for some time, so that's not a particularly new switch. I've been watching it on his social media. Um, obviously, I've been out of the loop on all of this stuff for the last couple but, of months right but, now. But, but this is going further than just switching candidates. He's actually accusing. I mean, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, and you heard Deese say this, or Deese? He's heard I, Steve I heard, Deese say actually, this. Actually, yeah, Boyle's played a tape of Deese saying that. Okay. And, and well, I'll get a hold of it. And he's and he's you know just about crying and saying I said this and I was I was a chump and I was a whatever you know and then and, he, and he, but now it, it was all a big lie. And then he said he stated that Giuliani had admitted that he had, that he Giuliani had lied about uh, the uh, his previous savings about voter fraud in Georgia. And again, if this had happened, where you would have been hearing this, my God, it would have been all over the place, you would think. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. And he also, and he also repeated, uh, repeated his previous uh, statements that Giuliani has turned into a drunk. I mean, yeah, this is what Ball said. Oh. Well, and, again, I, I don't want to get into going back on shows. And um, well, so, but I'm, I am interested in Rudy. I am interested yeah. in Steve. And I'll see if I can get Steve on next week. All right. But anyway, it, it just seems uh, so unbelievable to me. And uh, I mean, some things here just do not make sense. Text messages are rolling in. Let's see here. Randy, Rudy said it's all a lie. D-A-W Centennial. So I don't know what all is. This is not true about Julian. Another text. He made a statement on social media. He had forgone, foregone part of a lawsuit to get more to the meat of election fraud. Okay. So obviously there's a, there's two sides to a story that need to be dug into here. So I, I can't get into it now, Ron, because it's, it's all brand new to me. Okay. Well, I just wanted to alert you to it in case you didn't know. Uh... And the text message is, you've lit up a firestorm here. Uh, fake news. It's being misrepresented. Um, That's what I think. Um, Blake 
found the Steve Dace clips from uh, the show on Friday, so maybe we'll try and see if we can play some of those. There's a bunch of them, though. I'm not sure which one is which. So if not, we will cover it next Saturday for sure, Ron. Thanks for bringing it to my attention. Okay, you're welcome. All right. Ron's line is open, 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. Before we get too much further into the show, before we get, you know, just too out on the fringes of sophisticated thinking and, uh, you know, people who just really need deep thoughts to help them calm down here on a very... Well, I guess it's not raining, but it's cloudy looking out there Saturday night. I think we all need a good, healthy dose of some very deep political thought from our very own Vice President Kamala Harris. The nature of democracy is is it's there. There are two sides to it in terms of the nature of it. There's a duality. On the one hand, when democracy is intact. It is incredibly strong in terms of the strength it bestows on the individuals in terms of their rights and their freedoms. Incredibly strong in terms of what it does for its people. On the other hand, it's very fragile. Our democracy will only be as intact as our willingness to fight for it. And so fight, we must, and fight, we will. I'm so enlightened. Duality of democracy. It's so sad to me that even in many Republican circles, we don't push back on this fraudulent use of a democracy here in the United States. Founding fathers wrote tremendous uh, perspectives on why a democracy... A popular vote, majority rule, was the last form of government that human beings, given human nature, should ever try and set up for themselves. It's where the wolves decide what the sheep is going to have for dinner. And she's an idiot. She's obviously been spending some time in her thesaurus because she's got some multisyllabic words now that she sort of sprinkled into that speech. But she was right about one thing. Our country has to be fought for, and we will. And they know it on the left. That's why they're getting so aggressive, so wrapped up, so intensified, so violent, so profane in the way they are pushing back on our civilized, our once civilized society. It's like a last gasp for for these people. The polling that I was hearing earlier is so bad for... Creepy, sleepy, touchy-feely, sniffs and nibbles on little girls, showers with his daughter, Joe Biden, that uh, they've got to distract every time another truth, an actual crime comes out about the Biden crime family. They've got to distract you with another indictment or another perspective on Donald Trump or people surrounding Donald Trump or MAGA in general. And it's a sign of desperation. Doesn't mean they couldn't pull it off. But we're on to them now. Even the Republican Party, the tired old RNC, is making massive changes in the way that we approach elections. And getting ballots and getting people to vote early. 
the dream of strong voter ID and signature verification, along with paper ballots and same day voting is a long ways up. Now, it's happening. It's happening in smaller communities, people who get to decide for themselves how to do their municipal or their county elections. It's happening around the country, but only in tiny, tiny little bits. You're never, well, never say never. I was told we would never overturn Roe v. Wade and we should stop talking about abortion. 12, 13, 14 years ago, year after year after year, when I would refuse to stop talking about it. And things do happen. But we're not going to, you know, in 2024 or 2026 or 2028, I don't expect that we're going to be same day voting with paper ballots. It's just not going to happen. So you've got to learn to beat the Democrats at their own dirty game. And listen, the unlimited funds of George Soros and his ilk, his son spending more and more time at the White House are absolutely being thrown into this next election because they know if they lose it, they're so close. They're so close to closing the deal on making us fully energy independent, on making us a virtual third world nation because we don't utilize our own resources in order to produce, in order to take care of ourselves, in order to make sure that we stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer and have the type of fuels and power to do the day-to-day things that a, a civil and successful society needs to do. They're so close to that point. They're going to do anything and everything they can do to not only stop Trump, but stop this populist movement, this uprising of young people and people who, you know, voted for Joe Biden and then wish they didn't. That Those numbers are astronomical in some of the polling I've seen. Not a single poll, left wing or otherwise, that I have seen over the last couple of years came to the con- to any conclusion other than had the deep state not colluded with Twitter to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story. A majority of people who vote a what was the number? Ah, I can't remember the number. Majority was the wrong word, but a significant more than enough to flip the election. Even if you assume that the 2020 counts were accurate to flip the election to Donald Trump. Remember, he only lost by about 40,000, 42,000 votes. Total in just the in it curious, just the right places that came in at just the right time in states where laws were violated, where constitutions were violated, where emergency covid measures opened the floodgates for voter fraud. Forty thousand votes. That's how close it was. And they know it. And now those Americans have gotten to live the results of fraudulent election or not the outcome of the 2020 election and we are sick of it we're suffering we don't want our kids to have their body parts cut off we don't want them injected with hormones that change the direction of their growth that stop puberty that ruin their lives forever that sterilize them We don't want propaganda taught in our schools anymore. We don't like a World Cup ladies soccer team that shows no respect at all to the national anthem of the country that they were sent there to represent. 
sick of it and they know it. And so they're going to do anything and everything to stop the leader of the Republican Party. Sorry, local Republicans. That's still Donald Trump. To stop the front runner, the person who's crushing all of the opposition. And now in national polling is beating Joe Biden in multiple states. Now, I know national polling is means nothing. And we're a long ways away from an election. But have you seen it trending any other way? Can you draw any conclusions other than on the information that you have at the time that you have it? Of course not. So it's going to be very, very interesting to watch this thing go. All right. We're running late on a break. We need to get there. I've got this Amendment 7 up in front of me now. It's very short, so I'll plop, plop that out there so we know exactly what we're talking about before we speak with Colorado State GOP Chairman Dave Williams in the 7 o'clock hour. A bunch of text messages coming in. Phone lines are open now, 303-696-1971. Randy Corcoran on 710 KNUS. We're back Saturday night, 546 Randy Corcoran. Phone number 303-696-1971. Text message, Randy, the GOP caved to the description of America as a democracy in the FDR era and have not fought back as a party since then. Well, I sure have been, and I do hear plenty of, I mean, remember, we still have minorities of MAGA patriots, constitutional conservatives, and the like in Congress, in party leadership positions, but those minorities are growing. And I hear plenty of people on television, on radio, making that distinction all the time about the importance of getting people to think differently than just looking at us as a democracy. Well, we just all get together and we vote and decide what happens. No, you can't have that because then a small, you know, there are enough people in New York and um, Los Angeles to flip every, you throw in Chicago, throw in a couple of the other big Democrat cities, throw every presidential election for the rest of our lives to the Democrat or eventually Bernie Sanders or AOC or some other socialist or communist that's running for office. We can't give up that ground. We did it on gay marriage back when in Colorado, when they were proposing equal rights for uh, for gay people so that you could visit a loved one in the hospital so that you could uh, inherit property and, and, you know, leave in your will and just do the things that that committed people ought to be able to do to each other. I was in support of that. I think I talked about this last week or sometime recently. And then I saw what happened in New Jersey, where they passed equal rights for gay people. And then the gay activists immediately sued and said, look, we've got equal rights. Why can't we call ourselves married couples? And so, again, you're just scratching away at those foundational principles of Western civilization, a civil society. The word marriage is different than equal legal rights for gay people who love each other. And it's important to point out those distinctions whenever you get the opportunity. You just you just have to keep pounding this into people's heads. And I know that our young people seem lost, social media, high rates of depression and suicide. Uh, COVID contributed to some of that. They've been brainwashed in our schools for such a long time. But they're very impressionable. 
And two Saturdays ago, two weekends ago, I was in West Palm Beach, Florida. Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson, Charlie Kirk, Jack Posobiec. Unbelievable youth energy. 7,000 plus people. People who waited hours and hours to get in on the day of Trump's speech because the Secret Service showed up with only, I think there were only like three checkpoints to get people through. You need a lot more of that when you've got thousands of people coming into an event. And so people waited, but people waited. They waited and they did it. And they're smart people. They asked smart questions. We got together. There were about 15 or 16 RNC members there. And it's one of the reasons I decided to go, because I had said no over and over and over. I just wasn't up for traveling. I wasn't ready to throw back into politics. But when I found out that RNC members were going and they were going to do an R, uh, RNC panel where everyone who was there could ask questions, we could get to know each other, try and change this view. I, I, I despise it when people lump the RNC or the Republican Party into this one big monolith. It is a massive Titanic, and that's an apt description, Titanic-style uh, entity. But it is changing. There are people inside of it who are working hard and building our numbers and um, turning, you know, we're the same RNC that was able to censure Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and put out powerful resolutions on things like Taiwan, etc., um, this RNC is doing magnificent work on election integrity. They don't like that word election fraud. Stay away from that bad word. But election integrity. And there are a bunch of us that are fighting against the old way of doing business. The the next person in line. The Mitch McConnell. My goodness. Speaking of Mitch McConnell, did you see what happened to Mitch McConnell? I think he's 82 now. He was out there at the podium, and he literally froze. He literally looked around like he was lost and didn't know where he was. He said he was just lightheaded and that he's okay now. And on his worst day, now I've never seen Joe Biden freeze for that long and look quite as, yeah, yeah he looks plenty deer in the headlighty. But that was scary. Now, on his worst day when he is talking when he's not in the midst of whatever that medical event or lightheadedness was um you know he's at 82 he's still 10 times sharper than joe biden who clearly has evidence of dementia his skills are fading so much from 2019 when he was running for president 2020 when he was sworn in or 2021 when he was sworn in uh, as president the the drop from 2019 campaigning to 2021 swearing in was significant and it just gets worse and worse and worse and frankly i don't know why donald trump or any republicans spend too much time on biden he is not going to be the democrat nominee i just can't see it i think it was jack posobic who's just brilliant who said, no, he thinks it's going to be Biden. I heard him say that. I don't remember if it was last at the event or I heard it on a program he was doing or something like that. But Biden can't last that long. And one of the ways you know that they're getting ready to make a shift away from Biden is that the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine is now 
talking about Hunter is now lecturing Joe about ignoring his, what was she, seventh grandchild, the child of the stripper that Hunter knocked up. I say that as a condemnation of Hunter, not of this woman. I don't know her circumstances. I don't know what led her into that life. I've known plenty of very successful, sophisticated, smart women who went into that line of work because they wanted to make the money, get themselves through school or whatever. You can save your moral judgments, but they weren't trashy people. They weren't, you know, junk people. And you know everything you need to know about the mother of Hunter Biden's love child because she didn't abort her. She kept her. She's raising her. And no one, nothing less than the New York Times forced creepy, sleepy Joe Biden to finally acknowledge this missing granddaughter that he has ignored year after year after year. What is she, four or five now? I forget. So disgusting. And yet we're supposed to sit here time after time, day after day, night after night, and talk about how dangerous Trump is and how bad Trump is. The Biden crime family is a disaster. And, you know, the jury is still out. The evidence is still coming in. But the behavior that's been established so far, the, the foreign money payments, major payments, seems like treasonous conduct to me. Seems like clear indications of enriching yourself at the expense of your country, the country that you were elected to serve. And it's disgusting. Do you remember? This is a, a clearer sounding, creepy, sleepy, touchy, feely, showery with daughter Joe Biden. This was Joe Biden back in 2019 talking about evidence against Hunter Biden. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know, there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that. But you keep asking me these questions. It's OK. He you know, you're you're you know, you're doing what you have to do. But I'm not worried about it. Look, the American public knows me. <laughs> the American public knows me. You know what? Folks like me in the American public have known about Joe Biden, that he was a plagiarizer, a liar, that he was arrogant, that he'd wa he was wagging his finger in the video that that clip came from at the questioner, wagging his finger. And you can hear the little slips of speech. Let's, it's real short. Let's play it once more that are starting to factor into Joe Biden's dementia. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know, there's not one single bit of evidence not one little tiny bit to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that. To but think you keep that asking me it's, 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 it's okay. was done was wrong. He, he just can't quite get the words out. But he's wagging his finger. He's leaning in with this big grin on his face in the video. It's, it's really disgusting. In the debate with Donald Trump, when Trump was fresh out of the hospital from COVID, uh, and he had all the help of Chris Wallace, Man, talk about career suicide. Chris Wallace going over to CNN. But Biden stood on the principle that 50 top deep staters, he didn't use that term, but, you know, 50 of these officers and investigators have all looked at this and the 
dossier is real. The Hunter Biden stuff is false. It's Russian disinformation. That's what he said during the debate. And the truth is coming out. Even if Biden wasn't disgusting, even if he wasn't incompetent and fading every single day, falling asleep and and head dropping to his chin and, and, you know, they're having to put him in the backside, which is appropriate for him, the rear end of Air Force One now because the stairs are just a little bit too much. Even if all that wasn't happening, the truth that is finally being exposed is enough to do in Joe Biden as the returning presidential candidate for the Democrat Party. You know what I think. I mean, we've had Joe, Joel Gilbert on here. We, some of you have probably watched his film, Michelle Obama 2024. That's who Republicans ought to be getting ready for. That's who Donald Trump should be thinking about. And the others, anyone who thinks they might be able to uh, replace Donald Trump at the top of the ticket. I've got some questions about the Iowa Lincoln Day dinner with all the Republican presidents for you when we return. Stay with us here on 710.